This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack, and we'll get things started with Anthony Morbeth, who talks with Republican Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman of Arnold, who was the sponsor of a bill that clarifies that a person can be charged with homicide and had the premeditated intent to kill, even if the suspect targeted a random victim. First off, what is the reason for your bill's inception? Because I know that this was proposed not only last year, but also in 2021. Right. And actually in 2020 as well. So this is a bill that I worked on for a few years in the House before I was elected to the Senate. And it is really a very personal bill to some constituents who live in my district. So um, unfortunately, there was a really violent murder that took place, not in the district, but just outside of the district. And one of my constituent sons was murdered. Um, The man who killed him decided that he was going to just kill whomever picked him up when he was hitchhiking. And so that's exactly what he did. And the previous St. Louis County prosecutor declined to seek uh, first degree murder, saying that there wasn't an ability to have transferred intent because the killer had decided that he was going to murder somebody, but not this specific person. Well, that was a just clear misinterpretation of the the state's long history in case law. And case law has held for over 100 years that if you intend to kill someone, once you identify who that person is, then you have premeditated murder for that particular person. And so this was really clarifying language to try to bring some healing to a family who lost their loved one. Um, to make sure that no other prosecutor misinterpreted what has long been held to be the law. So, um, you know, a lot of times what we do in the state Senate or in the state house is affecting millions of Missourians. And um, sometimes what we're doing is more specific for a, a certain case or a certain situation. And so um, I'm really pleased that this was able to get done this year. It had passed out of the house consent every year that I filed it, it would make it through the Judiciary Committee. But because it wasn't a big policy push or there weren't special interests trying to focus to make sure that this became the law, it was harder to get done until I got into the Senate. And so my hope is that this brings the family a little bit of peace. Not to mention, correct me if I'm wrong, Senator, don't you have a um, uh, a, a background as an attorney or, or a lawyer as well? Yeah, that's right. I'm a practicing attorney with the Thomas More Society, which is a public interest, not-for-profit law firm that focuses on First Amendment rights, um, mostly national. So this is not really my practice area, but um, any time that we see the law being misapplied is an injustice, and I'm happy to be able to see this corrected. I was uh, reading... And I'm hoping that the governor will sign it. I haven't heard anything from his office saying that he won't. Like I said, this isn't a substantive policy change. It's just ensuring that the state statutes match the case law. And if you're just tuning in late or want to hear more, subscribe to Show Me Today on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. We're talking with Republican Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman, focusing on bills that passed the Missouri State Legislature, obviously, as she mentioned, waiting on a potential signature from Missouri Governor Mike Parson. I was reading uh, some of the comments and some of the opposition or uh, potentially lack thereof that uh, people had in regards to this bill. And uh, it it posed a a couple of interesting questions uh, because this one comment here, 
basically was opposed to your bill just altogether. And and one of the reasons is that it, it could potentially make it easier to convict someone of homicide, even if they didn't specifically intend to kill the victim. What's your take on that? Yeah, that's just a, mis, um, a misinformed view. I think it's really important that the public has an ability to weigh in on the legislative process. But that particular witness was just incorrect. The state statutes are now going to match what has long been held in case law, um, which is that if you intend to kill someone and you've identified who you are going to kill, that you then have premeditated intent um, to murder that person. And, you know, it, it is something that I think that a lot of people do feel a little uncomfortable with. Um, the death penalty is something that I really struggle with. I think there are some crimes for which you can forfeit your rights, but it is inconsistently applied. And so by definition, I think unusual and probably unconstitutional the way that we're doing it. So um, I think this is bringing more clarity and consistency to what is currently legal in the state of Missouri, but I'm not a big proponent of the death penalty. And so it is kind of one of those things where sometimes you, you see yourself working in a more nuanced way. And this is about making sure that it is abundantly clear what has always been held in the law is matched in our state statutes as well. A, a follow-up, if I may, because you did bring up the death penalty. Could this potentially lead to someone maybe being punished more severely than their actions could have warranted? No, because again, this is this bill has been a consent bill, meaning it didn't make a substantive change to the policy to the law as written. So what this is really doing is trying to make sure that, this, like I said, the state statutes are matching what has long been held the law in the state of Missouri. And yeah, being making sure that we have consistency across the in the way that the law is applied. A couple of other inter uh, things in relation to this bill I wanted to ask you about. Um, obviously, it passed the Missouri legislature, but uh, what about support from law enforcement and or uh, other lawyers or, or, or things like that? Sure. So I, I owe a debt of gratitude to the Missouri Prosecutors Association, who has worked with me on making sure that this was drafted just right um, the last three years and it received no opposition. I don't think any testimony at all from law enforcement. What about uh, in this particular case, because I was taking a look at uh, the bill's text and we, we're, we're sort of taking a magnifying glass to your bill here. How does mental state or someone's mental state factor into this piece of legislation? Well, for every crime that takes place, you have to have two components. You have to have what the law calls mens rea, which is the intent, the idea um, literally the idea in your head, um, and you have to have the action. And so um, this is just making sure that, again, we've got a clear statutory authority that when someone has this intent in their mind and it matches the actions that took place, that they're going to be punished for that consistently across the state without one prosecutor relying on case law and one looking only at the state statutes. And I can't imagine statute of limitations factors into this, right? Well, we're not in any way looking at the statute of limitations for the homicide statutes. And so those are all just exactly the same. This is, you know, maybe a great example of how nuanced and small some of the bills actually end up being. And one of the things I think is that's most interesting about this bill isn't even necessarily what it does say, because it's not changing a 
a lot. It's just putting, again, into state statutes what has always been held the law, but what isn't in the statute. And that's any significant change to our homicide statutes. But also, it didn't become an omnibus bill. And I'm guessing as you're doing this series and you're working with people uh, talking about what their bills are, a lot of what they're going to say is, well, originally I filed my bill to do this small thing and then ended up doing all of these things. Because at the end of session, you you know, I'm sure that you're aware we had a historically low number of bills that were passed this year. And so people are looking for what we refer to as elected as vehicles, meaning the subject matter and the title are appropriate to put other ideas about maybe in this case, um, you know, criminal justice that they could be put in there. And I think that that's one of the things that is a real um, thing that I'm pleased about is that it did not become an omnibus bill with a bunch of different provisions in it. It was able to stay just this very narrowly tailored and drafted um, statutory change to match the case law so that there can be some healing for this family and, I'm, and consistency across the state. I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually going to ask you about that. I, I think it's rather remarkable that your bill passed the Missouri legislature and it wasn't, as you called it, an omnibus package containing 30 other amendments of, of this and that and the other. And I think from your point of view as the sponsor of this, uh, that that's that's a win. Yeah, it's a huge win. And I have to give a lot of thanks to both the chairman of judiciary committees in the House and in the Senate, um, as well as the bodies on the floor of each chamber for their willingness to let the bill be a standalone bill. I think we'd be better off as a state if we had more standalone bills. I really dislike this new practice of omnibus bills, although certainly I have used them to pass statutory changes that I felt were necessary. I think we have stronger outcomes when people are able to more easily vet the bills, and it's easier to do that if you're looking at each individual bill rather than a bunch put together as an omnibus. Senator, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Republican Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman, Senate Bill 227, truly agreed to and finally passed. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.